0: little over a year ago and that was was great in Cabo. And so we kept in contact and it's been really exciting just to kind of see what you're doing. Um, And really, you know, one of the things that when I talked to you, I was like, man, this guy not only has a big vision of what you're doing in the world, uh, you have a very unique past. Uh, a past career that that kind of started. Uh, what what why don't you why don't you just for, for the audience here tell a little bit about your background and then we'll kind of get into what CrowdPoint does and then what we're you know we'll talk a little bit about cybersecurity and how you know in, any business owners that are listening in how that how the game is changing and what they can do to protect their organizations.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I'm a uh, I'm a uh, you know born and raised son of a military officer. So naturally, you know, I went and became a military officer. Um, he, I decided to go in the army. Um, the army graciously paid for my education. So when people say thank you for your service, like you know, you paid for my college. I thank you. Right. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so did all the classic stuff that you might expect from a guy that, that, that uh, was going into the infantry. I did the airborne. I did the Ranger. I did all that cool kind of guy, cool guy stuff. And then uh, found myself going to Special Forces Selection um, and then found myself looking at, you know, a couple years into my being an officer that I wanted to do other things. But I still wanted to carry guns, but maybe not wear a uniform. And so, you know, I went into a really great business uh, where I did some really interesting things around the world. And um, that process led me into technology. I tell people I'm an accidental technologist and um, I got into it. Uh, to solve intelligence problems, actually, and uh, and started building, you know, technologies that would defend people by early warning systems, whether it was conversations in in social media or conversations in electronic intelligence, and um, you know, really, you know, felt uh, the need to, to to get into that. I started a company um, after I left IBM. I was at IBM, uh, worked in the in the the part of IBM that did federal work, mostly in AI. And then created my first nice. AI company um, and did that was called Yadata We sold that and then started a cybersecurity AI company. And then CrowdPoint is the next evolution of my, I think it's the pinnacle of my career. Uh, we don't build anything artificial. We only build authentic. So we've built the world's first authentic intelligence, decentralized cloud that doesn't lie. That requires Isaac Asimov, three principles of robotics so that you can't hurt humans. And uh, it won't and it only uh, it uses math, really cool math to do what's called deterministic concurrency and these cool waveform technologies to make sure the data is not hackable and because you spread it out and you decentralize around the planet. So I guess my career has always been about helping and defending others. So it's kind of. Yeah. Enough.
0: Yeah. And as you've moved into the cyber world and the AI world, uh, ex- like, how would you explain if someone says, what's the difference? I, I heard you use the term. Uh, actual intelligence versus artificial intelligence because no. that's something that CrowdPoint is now doing. Uh, how, how do you, how do you, how would you describe the difference between that?
1: Well, it's, it's much like, it's much like when you think of it, your listeners are in a cyber. It's a lot like if you don't do governance and lineage and pedigree on your data sources and when you're getting them, you know um, you can't corroborate things. So, you know, cybersecurity, isn't about correlation, it's about corroboration, because essentially it's a crime being committed. And so you've got to have a bunch of people corroborate what's going on in order to convict the target and then prosecute the target. So when you think about when you think about combat and prosecuting targets, you know, you want to make sure that your data sources are authentic, right? So if you don't have an yeah. authentic data sources from lineage and governance, because you've got to worry about veracity and data and the velocity of data, and the volume of data, so you want to make sure that if you're going to build intelligence, you want to make sure it's authentic intelligence. So it's an actually authentic intelligence environment. In other words, you know, you know what I've seen in in cybersecurity and and business for that matter is I learned that lesson a long time ago. In fact, I remember when I was uh, the first time I, I heard the statement. I remember when I was going through ranger school. Um, everybody was using me as the RTO because I was on I was getting a go in every patrol. I actually ended up graduating honor graduate out of Ranger school. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of the guys were, oh, man, this guy knows what he's doing. So they'd ask me to carry the radio so I could whisper next to them and kind of tell them, you know, you know how to do the plan. And he said, he said to me, Hey, uh, the Ranger instructor says, Hey Ranger, uh, you know, why is everybody making you the RTO? Cause uh, you know, um, you know, putting you right next to them. I said, well, I guess, I guess, I guess uh sergeant that the, they like my my tactics. And he yeah. looked at me and this, this, this instilled in me everything to what I do today. And I'll never forget it. He said, Ranger, tactics are like armpits. Everybody's got to, and they usually stink. And so from that, that's kind of been my, anything to do with data, whether it's cybersecurity data or intelligence data, you want to look at, you know, there are opinions out there. So you want to make sure you do everything you can to, to get rid of, there's always tons of signal you want to do everything you can to reduce the noise. And so whether yeah. that's authentic intelligence and making sure it's real, or that's that's identifying a threat inside your network.
0: Yeah, I like that. So y- you were y- you have a very unique perspective on cybersecurity because you approach it the same way you would approach protecting a city in warfare. Yeah. And in the industry, most people, let's say they're cybersecurity professionals or IT directors or CIOs, whatever they might be, approach it really with an engineering mind on how to solve this. Can you t- talk a little bit more about, you know, the approach, like if you were protecting a city and how how does that liken to protecting a, cy- a cybersecurity target?
1: No, and I think, I think it's a fair commentary you just made FM because, you know, everybody says that cyber's the fifth domain of warfare, right? So I fought on land, I fought in sea, I jumped out in the air. I've not done the fourth domain, which is outer space, because I'm not Captain Kirk, but I, but when you look at the fifth domain, you want to look at it from the same perspective that I learned a long time ago, which is, there are some fundamentals that you would deal in defending a city defending a city is called military operations on urban terrain. And it's so much like cybersecurity. Why? Cause when you're standing in a window, that window is like a port. When you like, like when you, when you have a street and and how you can go from address to address, there's so yeah. much similarity to, to combat in a, an on an, an, an urban terrain than there, than there is in uh, in cybersecurity. It's like, like to me, there's almost no difference. And so when you look at that, it's, it's, it's got to be fought like a war because I think we're sitting at, I think I think these guys at Cybersecurity Ventures said that like, according like the cost of global cybersecurity is like at ten to fifteen trillion dollars today. So I mean yeah. that, that's like destroying entire civilizations, and especially now with the advent of AI and bots and and the ability to to, to buy all these these uh, these kits that you can buy in the dark web. You know your your cyber systems really you know, becoming unman- unmanageable. So when you look at how you fight it like a war, the first thing you want to do is the first thing a commander wants to do is it wants to basically say, okay, if all everything, especially in, a, in an urban terrain, if everything goes to hell in a handbasket, where's where's that last building I go to, what do I do? And, and, and what, who do I put there to make sure I'm safe no matter what? And it's called a reserve from leonidas to to the current sergeant snuffy in the army knows you need a reserve the, before you even get into any kind of defense especially in, in a highly asymmetric environment like cyber which is very similar to military operations on urban terrain you want to make sure you have a reserve and and when i look at people they look at me with like kind of the rca dog you see on the la- the record label kind of the head kind of cocks and are like what yeah. do you and i go well it means that no matter what's you get out of jail free card it's like if you're not doing massive data ba- backup and, and doing backups of your endpoints and doing backups of your data, then you have no reserve. So I tell everybody, go into the fight with a reserve, right? Yeah. Because worst case scenario, you can give the proverbial middle finger to the threat and say, I take it. I backed it up already. And that's yeah. right. And, and, and the other thing that you want to do is in combat, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of stuff, boom and bangs going on. And so what you have to be able to do is you have to distill the noise to the right signal. You got to say, this is where I see the threats coming from. I see what they're really trying to do is get there, especially, especially, oh, wow, they're going to get on that rooftop. That's eight stories above me. That's going to give them incredible ability to not only identify movements behind me, but they'll be able to provide plunging fire on top of me. So they're going to try and get some terrain on me. And so what that means is you've got to use those same kind of concepts. You have to understand the process of, of, um, of, uh, reducing their ability to get better visibility on you and you've got to do that and you're not going to see that visibility of what they're doing unless you get rid of the pure noise in your network so returning signal to noise is the overall strategy that i employ in any combat scenario because you want to you want to minimize the number of targets like if you're gonna if you allow these guys to get too close to you and you've got your 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 team and trying to engage 30 targets at one time that's pretty hectic Right. And, and 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 oh, by the way, that's not good. What you want to use is you want to use your you want to create a defense in depth so that you're attriting the signal and the the, the, the noise or attriting the attack vectors so that you can only attack one you can take t- shots at one or two guys at a time. You're gonna be far right. more successful. And so when you think about that, you in today's world, we're looking at 66% of attackers will probably use some never never before seen technique. So whenever Whenever I hear these guys publishing on, well, this is the new attack vector, I always go back to my Ranger instructor, like, hey, Ranger tactics are like armpits. Everybody's got to, and they usually stink. So just yeah. the fact that somebody's always going to be evolving and coming back with their idea, their, their ideas. So it's going to be the good idea, fairy, And so don't get caught up in the concept of new attack vectors, because 77% um, of the people out there are already telling you that greater than 54% of their attacks are never even they're, they're never even identified. So you have to go back to the basics. And so the, the first lesson I learned from the first, second and third domains is, is a fundamental strategy that most people are missing. Uh, and that is there's really simple eight fundamentals that I see. Fundamental num- number one is know what you're defending. I love that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I want to make sure the population can get out of the city, into the countryside to be safe. I want to make sure that I can secure passage for commerce. I want to be sure whatever it is, fundamental number one, know what you're defending. And most people don't even do some basic things. Like I love guys. The the most exciting part of cybersecurity for me is the same thing that we did in the military is we always did sensitive items checks. We want to know our next generation night uh, night observation devices are going to be compromised with the enemy. So let's make sure nobody's dropped one somewhere. Let's make sure that, you know, any secure keys that we have for cryptographic communications for SATCOM aren't compromised. Let's make sure all the cool con- stuff that we have, you know, even our cool stuff that we got on our armbands, you know, that stuff is secure. We make sure that all the assets we have, we have an inventory of. And it blows my mind how many people don't do a CDBMS. They don't even know what they own right that's, that's so true
0: you go, we go in and a lot of times we're looking at like the cis controls the 18 cis controls and one of the first things is asset inventory almost nobody has a good asset inventory what's in there
1: hundred percent. And let's just talk like for those of you who want to keep your job with a CEO like me, that's extremely type A. Not only are you going to save money by reclaiming unclaimed licenses, but it, it really assists your ability to manage vendors. Because now you go, wow, I'm actually got more. I can forecast budgeting and do all the kinds of things that guys like me want you to do. Right. If you're in the in the, if you're in the IT department. So the other thing it does is that it, it, it does something that we use in combat, which is identifying the pattern of life. Cause there's patterns and things and believe it or not, every single, whether it's a, a hardware asset or technical technological asset, um, you know, has a pattern of life. And once you understand those patterns, it helps you in that first problem of reducing the signal to noise ratio. So really important to inventory you have and understand the patterns that, that it's going to produce within your combat environment. Cause they're, they're, they're basically, when you think about it, all those laptops in there are non-combatants, you got to protect them. <laughs> you got to keep them safe. Right. Yeah. And the second thing is once you know what you own, you got to understand the terrain you're defending. That's a very simple fundamental. So if you don't know your network segments, like let me give you an example. In a defense in depth and I and a lot of people will talk about castle and moat and like look, you know, if a mount environment military operations is so much like cyber because you have people that can come from every different vector and they've got w- windows and doors you what, what, what makes fighting in the city horrible and that's why in World War II, you saw, you know, Russian and, and German tank divisions literally fighting in an area less than a square mile because there's windows and there's doors, there's, there's obstacles. And every few seconds, it's it's pure chaos. That's cyber. Yeah. It's so much it's so Because you can come in a window, you can come in a door. A window is a door and a port. Like all of a sudden now, you know, I can think I'm secure because I'm engaging this guy, you know, 25 meters in front of me. But a guy that's um, half, uh, half a mile away sitting on a rooftop with a barret can take me out. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you got to have that kind of you got to understand the terrain you're defending. So key terrain in cyberspace is really similar to the example I gave you in combat and warfare, which is it's the it's like the high ground. So defenders need to know what's logically assembled in their and what their key terrain is. And, and that will give them the advantage of because if you know your terrain better than the enemy, a lot of times people don't realize the enemy's going in there to learn your terrain, so it knows where to where to attack you. So in a cyber operation, you have to do some kind of analysis of key terrain. And that's going to aid you in your strategy. So for example, I look at it simple. I work from the endpoint out. So at the end point, the first thing is what's my reserve? Is everything, is everything secure? If nothing's secure, then I don't want to I don't want to deal forward. So I got to know my endpoint. Then after I go to my endpoint, I got to go to my network segments. Then after I go to my network segments, I'm going to go to my firewall. Then after I go to my firewall, I'm going to worry about my business ecosystem. So when you look at that big wide. If you look at it as a cone, you got this big wide environment, then it goes down to, you know, your 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 firewall, then it goes down to your network segments, and then it goes down into your endpoints. So one of the things that you worry about in a def- when you're in a, in a defensive position, you want to basically you want to basically use a word called canalization. You want to canalize the bad guys to where you're strongest and away from where you're weakest. Yeah. You see, you see how so much of this is so cyber makes sense?
0: It, it is 100%. Yeah, it goes hand in hand.
1: So so if I know if I know where my key terrain is, I can now begin to start doing analysis at the endpoint, where the first thing at the end point is how do I make sure no matter what, that's my reserve. My endpoint needs to have backup. Then what I got to look at is what what how do I engage in the threat? How do I now engage with these guys in a way that I control the battlefield? How do I dom- dominate the fight? Well, we use this concept when you start doing combined arms. Because you got lots of people and you're in the same thing in a, in a company, you got firewalls, you got intrusion detection systems, you got all these technologies. If you don't synchronize them for effect in an engagement area, you've got one-offs. You got one-offs. You gotta you gotta yeah. you gotta create a combined, a combined force, what we used to call combined arms, and create an engagement area. So the nice thing about a an engagement area is it creates a unified view of your ecosystem and it lets and, and, and it and it lets you build what's called a hammer and anvil defense that goes all the way back to Alexander the Great, which is how do you how do you let them in far enough in and then slam them from behind? How do you lock them down? How do you Ale, the, it was bought by the Greeks and Alexander the Great? And then the Romans used it. So when you define an engagement area, you're essentially setting the rules of the fight of how you're going to fight it, not how they're going to fight it.
0: Right.
1: You're you're now right. saying, So how- Go ahead.
0: No, no, that's great. I go on, go
1: on. So, 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 basically, now what you've got the ability is once you identify when and where you want to engage targets and how you're going to move them away from your crown jewels and move them towards where you can own them, you now can start using some really simple big data approaches, very simple analytics approach, and they'll basically help you. They'll help you orchestrate that that engagement area. So it's called. You're going to be doing. You'll be able to do intelligence preparation. You'll be able to do orchestration disruption and you'll be able to amass all your available resources by ensuring you reduce the signal so I mean reduce the noise so the signals that matter happen. One of the things that I'm sure Ephraim, you you talk about all the time is the ability to reduce false positives, right?
0: Absolutely. Because false positives are, you know, probably 99% for most companies, 99.99%. It's very rare. You put a seam tool in there and you're gonna get so much noise that it can quickly become white noise for an IT department or a cyber, you know, for, for, even for our cyber team, we're looking how do we constantly reduce that noise and quiet it down so that we can really focus on what matters.
1: Yeah, that's key. And so, so what I do, I just define engagement areas as four engagement areas. What is your ecosystem risk? That's, that's number one. As now I hit your firewall, that's your perimeter risk. Then after I hit the perimeter risk, what's my network segment risk? And then what's my endpoint risk? Right. How do you yep. solve it? I always work backwards because that's the way you in a defense in depth, you work from the, the last stand where you're going to defend. for. So let's start with endpoint risk. You, you have to, first of all, allow for the reserve, the failsafe mechanism. So that means the reserve, as we brought from the very beginning, which is create a backup, just create a backup, automated backup, interconnecting security appliances with your network appliances is a must. For effective defense, so antivirus yeah. technologies, firewalls—they all have to get to talk to each other. They, I tell everybody: we take 18-year-old kids in the military, and we put them on the line. And, and when they're in a defensive position, they know they crawl over to the guy to their right, and they crawl to the right of the guy that are left. And they go: that is my right limit, right there at, at 25 meters out. Make sure that when you shoot left, you overlap my right limit, but don't go much further because I don't want you to shoot me. And then you go to the left guy. So they create these interlocking. Fields of fire, right? And I always hear people like, Well, you're telling me you were fighting in the fifth domain of warfare, but a, a private in the United States Army infantry knows intersecting sea fields of fire, and you can't get your firewall to understand what your network segments are doing. Right. So when you start first with the endpoint, it gets really cool because then what you can do is you can say, Okay, I've got the endpoint. Now I know what's my network segments, right? So then I can say, Well, here, here's here's where my east-west traffic is. Here's my north-south traffic. Here's my port utilization, both static and dynamic. Now, I after I identify that, I now I can move back out to my perimeter risk, and I can start identifying what what's happening from the perimeter, and then who's in my business ecosystem. If you're not taking some form of threat intelligence, at least in, at the octet level for 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 cyber attacks at the IP address level, you know you might want to consider that. So how yeah. do you? How, the next thing is once you know. Now you've got your engagement areas. How do you forecast the threats' most probable course of action? We call this MPCOA. So, so you have to create a capabilities intentions or a gap identification model. That's essentially what a most probable course of action is. And so, how do you identify the gaps? It's so really simple. You can crowdsource your own technology in treat treat your non-combatants as you're crowdsourcing. We did. I wouldn't ask people, hey, have you guys seen anybody that look like this? Or have you seen anybody like linger around this area or you do this? Like, oh, you're great. Hey, you know what? Here's some food, right? Even though right. It's like and it doesn't taste like take very good. It's more food you've had all day. Here you go. Like you crowdsource. Well, talk talk to your existing machinery and technology in your, in your defense. How? Well, it's real simple. When you do an analysis, a very simple, they're so inexpensive these days. It's not like 10 years ago. Get an inventory of every piece of software on every laptop you own. Because what yeah. that will give you when you get is one, go to the National Vulnerability Database and look up that software, do it in Excel. You're gonna get a one through 10 score on every piece of software you own. If it's 10, it means it's really bad. If it's one, it means it's really good. So you take all so now all of a sudden you can rank your riskiest software on your riskiest machine. But you know what else you get out of that? You know what ports are necessary for the so- for the software to work. You also know what ports are necessary for the port ranges that need to work. So now, all of a sudden, from what you've learned on the on the on the on your laptops, on your your last engagement area, the one where you lose if you lose it, and you go to your network segments, and go, hey, all these laptops in this area only need these ports to run, and these are the port ranges. Everything else, shut them off. Now, will you have to maybe move certain endpoints into certain network segments and redefine that? But now what have you done is you said, look, I know no traffic is good, that is unnecessary is going to come into this sector. And if it does, it's Danger Will Robinson, right? That guy shouldn't be here. And if you do that, if you take and you block at the network segment level, all ports that are unnecessary and all port ranges that aren't necessary. Now, it's not easy. It's not easy, but warfare is not easy. Right. Uh, and so you are looking at this as an IT problem. These guys are trying to take away your, 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 quality of life. You have to look at this. This is impacting your family because you get hacked There's a chance people lose jobs. Oh yeah. There,
0: we, we just dealt literally last week. We got a call from an attorney. We had to come in. Um, he had a client and he wanted some assistance on investigation. They just lost $5 million. And the criminal had been when we did the investigation had been in the network listening, reading emails for months and they had no idea. And then when it was time to intercept wire transfer and that $5 million wasn't chunk change to this company, right? They have 25 people working there. So 25 employee company losing $5 million. A lot of businesses will go under.
1: That's that. an emotional event. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. So, it's, it's it's a game changer and, and just kind of thinking about, you know, and, and, and the bigger the company, the bigger the stakes, the more people it impacts.
1: Yeah. So crowdsource what you own. Crowdsource your defendants. Crowdsource the indigenous. Crowdsource the people, your laptops. They are your best first line of providing you situational awareness because you know, when you know what software you own and you score that software from one to 10, 10 being the worst, one being the best. Now all of a sudden, you know all your riskiest machines. Real simple. Number two, when you know what ports you don't need, turn them off. Turn them yeah. off. What you've just done is you've canalized the threat away from where you're weakest to where you're strongest. Then once you once you identify everything at the end point, you can tell your network segments what traffic to let to add in and what traffic to remove. You've just massively reduced the signal in your network. Cute. So. So the AI bots that you're running are more likely to identify something that doesn't belong there. Network segments are going to need traffic that other network segments don't do. That's okay. You just take the common, now you go out to the perimeter and you go to the perimeter and you say, hey, here's all the network segments combined and here's all of these, all of the segments that say they don't need this port rage in common. And here's all the here's all the port regions that all these segments have in common. So now what you've done is you've just made the firewall more efficient because it's really saying, look, there's nothing that should go in here. And so now what you've effectively done, without even in cooling, doing any super cool ninja AI, you've just bi- you've you've prepared your battle space to maximize the efficiency of your weapons once you deploy them. Now all of a sudden. Your intrusion dissection systems are gonna be better because you're not looking at it so much more. Now all of a sudden your firewall is doing a better job. Now all of a sudden, the the intrusion, you know, all of your components in your network are doing far better because you've reduced the massive amount of, of noise in your network. And then all you have to do is orchestrate that. All you have to do is orchestrate your management approach so that you can get the zero touch or automated approach. Now you can create simple automated rules because you've removed all the noise from all the noises out of your network. And then yeah, now so you're, with that. you're so far ahead of everybody else that now you are world class. And then the nice thing about that is if you do get an instant, your, your network digital forensic investigation is lightning fast.
0: Yeah, that's huge. That's really huge. So. I mean that gives a lot of it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a, what I love about it is the amazing perspective of using that warfare analogy because it really is warfare it really is no different and and understanding your assets understanding your terrain understanding your everything you're protecting everything you have to fight creating creating the fight on your terms versus someone else's terms one mistake I see Happened a lot, and I'd love to get your perspective on this, Is I see a lot of IT departments just really relying on tools to protect them and not having cybersecurity professionals in their corner. And I like the analogy. That's like saying, okay, we're going to protect the city, but we got guns, but no soldiers. Like, it seems
1: crazy. They really yeah. can shoot at, a, at ungodly ranges with, this, with these really cool Laser range finders that can't be identified. And I've got all this, you know, night vision capability. And I'm gonna go grab a cook and have him get in the fight. Right. The cook's That's really right. good at making mistakes. That database administrator is really good at DBMS. Man, they're gonna make sure that your ontological and taxonomical structures are dead on. Okay, let's put them in the front lines and get them into the fight. Yeah. Just that dog's not gonna hunt.
0: Yeah. And, and and it's the other thing is even even if they if they could put all their mind to it technically they might be able to get good and figure it out but the problem is like especially on IT departments hey my printer doesn't work hey we need to do this email migration we got to do this this and this meanwhile you're also trying to fight a battle it's it's an it's a it's a losing
1: proposition. Yeah, 100%.
0: Yeah. So let talk a little bit about um, We're working together on a joint Spartan cybersecurity. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about that. And uh, what makes you excited about this?
1: What I love about it is, number one, um, I love working with people that I like. Right. That's that's an important thing. And we get along great. And that's the number one thing. I always go to business with people I like. That's the most important thing about business. If you have a choice to do business, business is hard enough don't do business with people you don't like. Right. So that's number yeah. one. Number Absolutely. two, what I love about it is the way we're, we're configuring um, the Spartan security site is, you know, if you're going to use artificial intelligence and artificial intelligence is about mimicking human behavior, who do you want to mimic? Well, I don't know. Maybe let's limit, let's mimic Leonidas. Let's mimic Alexander the great when they were unfortunate enough to be in a defense. Cause nobody likes to be in a defense. It's always right. better. Offense. So when you're on the, so when you're on the, on the defense, you want to make sure that you're creating a system that supports that. So what you're going to see on Spartan Security is we've assembled technologies that address those engagement areas from the endpoint yep. to the network segment, to the perimeter, and to the business ecosystem. And I think that's that's what makes this really cool because not only do we have a technology that uh, assemblies of technologies that we can recommend, but we have support teams that are going to be your, uh, for all intents and purposes, your advisors to help you along the way. I think yeah. it's a mix.
0: Yeah, I love, I love that. I, um, the other thing that kind of I heard you tell me was the, the, the analogy, and I was like, man, this is such a good analogy. Um, if you don't mind saying it one more time, of of like try your, your daughter going to Cancun. And I know you said this on stage, and it kind of hits a lot of people when you said this.
1: Yeah, it worked every time. We we it, we our revenue. You know, I I got out of that cyber business, but um, it was. I'd look in front of the room, and I would sit there, and, and I would say, uh, "Guys, hard artificial intelligence. Everybody's talking about artificial intelligence and cybersecurity, and I just define artificial intelligence really, really simple." Artificial intelligence is about taking hardware technology and software technology that works together to mimic human behavior. You just have to determine who you want to mimic. And then I'd ask the audience a simple question. I go, who in the room has got a teenage daughter? And you can see kind of the hands always were kind of hesitant, but they usually went up. Yeah, yeah. And and I'd find someone, I'd get off stage and I'd walk down there and I'd say, hi, um, your teenage daughter just called you. She's super excited. She's met this guy on Facebook who lives in Cancun, works at Senior Frogs, and just so happens that the senior class trip is going to Cancun. And she says, Mom, can I go? And her head's moving north-south like she's ready (laughs) to go. And your head is moving, and invariably the mom goes, that dog ain't going to hunt. I said, well, hold on i sure your daughter's got straight A's and she's a great girl. You need to trust her. And this guy, this guy, Hector, that she wants to meet, you know, he, he's probably on his way to Stanford to get a medical degree. So, you know, the, we got to really make sure we pay attention to this. So let's, 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 let's forward the notion of providing a, a, I don't know, let's just give them a, someone that can, a chaperone. Yeah. They'll look at you like, okay, chaperone number one. Is my good friend, who's also the chief scientist of our company, who's one of the world renowned AI experts, Dr. Wolf Kahn. So, Dr. Wolf Kahn can certainly use the math to forecast all the potential threats by looking at past criminal data and give you a great idea of what the greatest threats your daughter's gonna have. And so, he's gonna be the chaperone. That's chaperone number one. Number two. Number one. Number two is my friend, Ann Keen. She's a financial genius. She's She literally knows finances better. She's going to make sure that the money is spent, is spent wise, and you don't get a huge American Express bill, and you're going to come back, not broke, and she's going to be really suntan and happy. Or number three is my friend, Kennen. Kenny. Kenny's a former Silteen Six guy. So you have a choice between an accountant, a PhD, or an operator. Who do you want there?
0: he wants the warrior
1: he wanted the warrior and then every, and everybody's like so what does this have to do with the price of tea tia china in a cybersecurity presentation and i'd walk back up to the stage quietly and i said at the end of the day most of you are buying software technologies created by phds and accountants and not warriors thanks very much for your time and that was it yeah. that's the mindset if you're going to get in the fifth domain of warfare fight it like a domain of warfare if not please stop insulting the rest of us that have fought in domains one, two, and three that it is a domain of warfare because you need to fight it like one. You're talking about national economies collapsing. You're at $15 trillion, I read. $15 trillion. Lives yeah. are destroyed. So don't send your cook to get in a knife fight when, when it's not necessary. Teach your systems to be Leonidas. Teach your systems to be Alexander the Great. Teach your systems that the wisdom of Clausewitz. Or Sun Tzu, deploy those. And it's multi vector. And anytime you read history on military operations on our urban train, look at some of the most brutal fights in history have been in cities. And that's because you get hit from under the ground, down above, from every window you can imagine. It's just like cybersecurity. Just yeah. follow a simple process of doing risk mitigation, really manage your cyber defenses in engagement areas. Where you can optimize support in each one. That's it.
0: I love it, man, Sean. I'm so glad uh, you got to be on this. Uh, this is this is going to be great. I know a lot of people are going to listen to this and say they're uh, going to want to know more about uh, what you're doing and what we're doing together as well. And so, where where can they uh, follow along with your journey and uh, what CrowdPoint is doing? Because I yeah, think there, sure. there's a good audience here that CrowdPoint can really have an impact for them as well.
1: Yeah, so CrowdPoint is at crowdpointtech.com. That's just like the word sounds, CrowdPoint Tech. So you have two T's, T-E-T-T-E-C-H.com. Or come check us out on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, you can check every day. I think I'm posting, I'm kind of giving uh, updates on what, what the, what the uh, law of the land is and what the nature of IT looks like today.
0: And by the way, uh, on your LinkedIn is a really great white paper um, that, that I think, did I lose you? No, I'm here. Sorry. Uh, is a really great white paper that I think everybody should look up on, on cybersecurity that you, that you published that is really phenomenal as well.
1: Oh yeah. That I think, um, I think it was like the eight fundamentals of cybersecurity or something. I co-authored yeah. it with my old, with, uh, with general Scott, who is the, uh, deputy joint special operations commander. So it's a pretty cool kind of write up from guys that were. You know, on the trigger pulling side, and and then on the cyber side, it's a it's a neat little article.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks, Sean. We'll we'll, we'll keep uh keep the train moving on the Spartan cybersecurity, and uh, I appreciate you being part of the podcast and jumping on and having a conversation.
1: All right. Thanks so much.
0: All right. Appreciate you so much. Thanks, buddy.